You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. The title of my message tonight is Echo. Echo, Echo. We are the voice of heaven. We are, we are to come from heaven and invade earth, not allow earth to invade heaven. We are the kingdom. The Bible says that the, the kingdom of, of heaven does not come by observation, but the kingdom of heaven is within us. So if we want to see the kingdom of heaven advance, we got to go out there with a different report, with a different message. And we got to speak that thing. We got to be the voice of heaven. We got to be the echo of Jesus. A.W. Tozer said, a frightened world needs a fearless church. I like that. A frightened world needs a fearless church. We will not bow to fear. I want you to repeat after me. Say, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love of power and of a sound mind. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. That's what God gave you. Fear is not from him. It's never from him. It's never from him. Faith is from him. He speaks. You know it's from heaven when faith comes into your world. So we will rise. Awaken Church is on an assignment. I believe we are on an assignment in San Diego to actually lead culture, to actually be the voice of heaven, be the echo of Jesus in this life. And, and we have this assignment, I believe. And you know, I'm not gonna speak to what other churches are doing or other businesses are doing or whatever, but we know that we were called today to have services, to bring people together, to inject hope, and to send you out as hope dealers this week. In Genesis 1, 1 to 3, uh, we see a world that is covered in darkness. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was uh, without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness was covering the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. It's interesting, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He didn't create the darkness. The darkness just was. It was just here. That's why we have a bent towards darkness. We have a bent towards evil. We have a bent towards sin because darkness was just here. It was the landscape. It was the backdrop of the creation of the universe. God didn't create it. It was just here. But the Bible says that he dealt with darkness. He dealt with uh, a formless world, a chaotic world by speaking light into that world by speaking and then all of a sudden clarity came and it began to, an order began to came and began, began to see what he was creating. So he dealt with darkness, he dealt with that with his voice. And I believe today we, we need to deal with this thing with our voice. We need to be speaking faith. We need to be speaking hope into the people around us, people in our workplaces. We need to be speaking, we need to deal with darkness with our mouths. And then on day four, the Bible, on day one, the Bible says that God divided light and darkness, but it wasn't until day four that he separated light and darkness. So light and darkness existed together simultaneously at the same time, but on day four, the Bible says he separated light from darkness. And it's interesting because I believe God has separated you from darkness. The Bible says you are the light of the world. And all throughout the Bible, God separates you he protects you where he doesn't protect the world. There, there's something special about you because you're a child of God. There needs to be something different when you become a child of God that's different from when you weren't a child of God. 
And continually, God makes a distinction between his children and the children of this world. There is a supernatural power and protection on you, it says in Psalm 91. It says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He's talking to you. Though a thousand will fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. No evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. We need to start declaring that no plague, no pandemic, no virus is gonna come near our home. It's gonna touch our kids, it's gonna touch our family, it's gonna touch our home, it's gonna touch our church. For he will order his angels, come on, to protect you wherever you go. He's talking to the children of God, not to the children of the world. There is something different about you. He has separated the darkness from the light. And he's calling the light, he's calling you to be the light of the world. Favor surrounds you. Power is upon you and available to you. Though the economic turmoil is, it looks like it's crashing, God can still prosper you even in this time. Over and over and over again in the Bible, he prospered people during famines. During famines because it's a, it's a supernatural thing that we can't explain but that we can tap into. We can tap into. So he separates light from darkness and it's interesting that he didn't just eliminate darkness. He's God, he can do anything. He didn't eliminate darkness. He didn't do that because he wanted there to be a clear choice between you and them, between us and them, between sin and righteousness. He knew that darkness and evil was gonna be around for, for forever, so he didn't, he didn't eliminate it, he just separated it. And then he created two great lights to rule over the day and one to rule over the night. So even though he separated light from darkness, he still put a light in darkness to rule over it. So despite the fact that there's darkness, deep darkness across the earth, he still put a bright light to rule and reign over that darkness. You are that bright light. You are that voice. You are that echo in the earth to rule over what's happening on the earth. You don't have to bow your knee to fear. You don't have to bow your knee to intimidation. You have to bow your knee to some virus that was supposedly created in China. You don't have to bow your knee to this chaos and hysteria. You can actually have peace in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this storm. Jesus was in the boat in a storm, in the middle of a storm, and he was sleeping. Because he is the Prince of Peace. The disciples couldn't handle it, so they had to wake him up and he had to get up and say, peace, be still. But he was sleeping, he was peaceful, he was fine. We have the ability to have peace in the middle of darkness. But I love it because in the beginning when there was darkness and chaos, God's solution thousands of years, years ago at the genesis of creation was for him to step out and say, let there be light. And light was and order came. And today, thousands of years later, it's pretty much the same story. There's still darkness on the earth, especially right now. There's still disease, there's sickness, there's chaos. The earth is without morality, it's void. And his answer back then is the same answer today. Except for this time when he steps out, he's talking to you and he's talking to me and he's saying, let there be light. Let there be light. The question is, will there be light? Because light was back then, but will there be light today? That's up to us, that's up to the church, it's up to you and me. It's up to us to be bringing hope and, and light into the world. In the New Testament, this is the genesis of this, of this message today. Ephesians 3, 9 to 10, Paul is speaking. And he says, I was chosen to explain to everyone this 
mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all of the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Another verse says principalities and powers. That word, that word display means to declare and make known. It was his plan to use the church to make known the glory of God in the earth to all the principalities and the powers. All the principalities and the powers are watching. They're watching to see if the people of God will display his glory. It's incredible to think that the mysteries from the beginning were not even made known to the angels. They've been around for thousands of years, yet God reserved the mysteries to be revealed to you and to be revealed to me through Paul thousands of years ago. What a pleasure and privilege it is to be the mouthpiece of God, to be the echo of heaven in the earth. Thousands of years, angels were around and they didn't know the mysteries. Today, I believe they're watching. They're watching you and they, they marvel at humanity, about a, a, a being that can operate in authority in their realm and in our realm. They're watching to see what we're gonna do. They're watching to see if the church is going to display the wisdom of God, especially in a time of darkness. You're gonna know that it's a, a message from heaven when faith comes, because faith is the foundation of Christianity. Faith is the foundation of everything that we do. We can't please God without faith. And faith doesn't deny reality. Faith just doesn't give reality authority. Faith is, is over reality. It doesn't bow its knee to reality. Faith speaks the thing and sees it come to pass. So the, so the principalities and powers, angels and demons are watching to see if the church will display the glory of God. Not only angels and demons are watching, but all of creation is watching. All of creation is eagerly. The Bible says in Romans 8, 19, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. So not only are angels and demons watching, principalities and powers, but all of creation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. I believe the future is now. I believe the future is here. I believe the future is right now. But the only way that creation is gonna know who the sons and daughters of God is, is if we are the echo of heaven. Because they recognize heaven's voice. They recognize the voice of God. Because he was the one that created them in the beginning. And so unless we echo heaven, they're not gonna know that we're here. That the sons of God are really here. We gotta speak it out. We gotta be the voice. And they'll recognize you. They'll recognize you. It's like the church is a theater. This is the picture. It's like the church is a theater. It's like a production, like Hero, with rock music. And the angels and the demons, the rulers and the authorities, the people of the earth, all of creation is watching. They're the crowd. And the show is with us as the actors in this theater production with all of creation watching to see what's gonna happen. Desperately wanted to see how this story plays out.
a story of good and evil, but it's not a silent story. It's not like the ballet that I went to with my boys, where I didn't know they didn't talk at ballet. I didn't know that dudes wore tights. It was awkward when my two boys were there with me and, Dad, did you see that? Yeah, I did, son. I saw that. I didn't hear anything because they don't talk at the ballet. This is not that kind of play. This is not that kind of production. We use our voice because we are the voice of heaven. This, this play involves singing, dancing, speaking, and playing our role as Christians, as believers, revealing the true character of God and enforcing His will. And as we play our roles with angels and demons, they are energized and released on our behalf or against us. Order either comes or chaos ensues based on what you and I do in this production. In the Bible, Daniel prayed, and the Bible says that heaven heard him on day one, but it took 21 days for the victory to be had because there's resistance. So when we, when we play our role as believers, we are literally energizing spiritual hosts in heavenly places for us or against us, for his message or against his message. And it may take one day, it may take 21 days, but here's what I know, no matter how bad it gets, our job stays the same. Our job is to believe him. Our job is to speak his word. Our job is to represent him in the earth. Our job is to be the light in a dark place. Our job is to clearly separate ourselves from the world so the world can see, so the world has a place to go, so the world has a refuge, so the, so the world knows that we're different. Sometimes we gotta push. Pray until something happens. God only works through people. He works sovereignly sometimes, but most of the time he works through people. And he's waiting for the church. He's waiting for people to display. He's waiting for people to pray. He always moves in response to people. And this is our time to rise. I'm just going to declare that fear can't have you. Fear can't have your kids. Fear can't have your finances. Intimidation can't have your household. It can't have you. It can't have awakened church. We're, we're a different kind of church. We're a faith church. We're a faith church. Fear can't have us. Fear's never gonna keep us down. I wanna end with this story, and then I wanna pray. One of my favorite heroes of the faith uh, is a guy I never met. His name's John G. Lake. And uh, he was a healing ministry like pioneer in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, in reading a, a ton of his books and, and materials, he said the one thing that changed the game for him and the, and, and the reason why the church started seeing in his ministry itself hundreds of thousands of, of miracles and healings was because he stopped praying about sickness and disease and he started declaring to sickness and disease. He started commanding the sicknesses and disease to leave instead of just talking about it or praying that God would heal people. He just started telling it to go. We're gonna pray at the end of this and we're gonna tell this virus to go. We're gonna command it to die. But there's a story about him, he was living, uh, he was living here, he had healing rooms in the Northwest, but he would often go to Africa and there was, a, there was a plague that broke out in Africa called the bubonic plague. And this was a devastating plague, there wasn't a cure, people were dying everywhere. And 
John G. Lake was on the ground in Africa where this plague had broken out and he was literally taking people that had died and burying them. So in other words, he was, he was touching the plague. He was carrying people that had the plague. He was also ministering to people with the plague, yet he never got sick. The plague never touched him. He never had any symptoms, even though it was very highly contagious. Sound familiar? This is what he said. He said, the spirit of Christ, Jesus, flows through the whole being and emanates through the hands and the heart and from every pore of the body. So the government came over to him and they said, hey, we, we've brought all these protective measures. I didn't say what they were. I don't know if it was a drug or if it was like gloves or a mask or whatever. And they said, we've, we've brought over this preventative stuff over in a ship and that we're gonna to use to protect ourselves, but we've concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as you have and keep ministering to the sick and burying the dead, you must have a secret. They asked him what it was. This is what he said. I answered, he said, brother, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe that just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God, so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me, for the spirit of God will kill it. This is the spirit that is in you. Then he did this, it's not over, it's not over. Then he said this, he said, why don't you do an experiment on me? So we asked these guys to do an experiment on him. He said, why don't you take the foam from the lungs of the people that are sick and dead of this disease, put it under a microscope, you will see that there's a, a living germs and living disease. And he said, why don't you take that same living disease and put it on my body under a microscope and see what happens. So they did it. They took the disease and they put it on his body under a microscope. And as soon as it touched his skin, it died. It died. It died. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same spirit that was in John G. Lake lives in you. And the Bible says it will give life to your mortal bodies. In other words, when you get filled with the spirit of God, it will ooze out of every pore in your skin and in your hands and in your body. So no bubonic plague, no coronavirus will touch you. God has put his hand upon you to protect you. No evil will befall you. No evil will come near your tent or your home. You are protected by the blood of Jesus that covers you and that spirit in you will drive out sickness, will drive out disease, will heal the sick, will give you faith in a time where there is no cure for this plague. He said this, you already know this, we are awakening to that marvelous truth that Christ is not in the heavens only, nor the atmosphere only, but Christ is in you. He's in you. Paul said, let it not be I that live, but Christ that lives in me. You wanna know how we're gonna overcome this pandemic? We gotta get a revelation that Christ is in us, that the Spirit of God is in us, that nothing by shall any means hurt us, Luke 10, 19. We gotta to start to declare and be an echo of the Word of God and be an echo of heaven.
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.